Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we uh, we get into our fearless beer review. Then we get into our uh, vinyl collection collecting of the week that leads into our songs of the week, and then we round it out with some new music and other happenings in the world. Um, my name is Tyler, and we out there thousands of miles away out there in the ether is Jeff. <laughs> Were you, were you waiting that for me to say my pass. name, or were you going to say my name? I don't know what to do. No, I was waiting. For, I was waiting for that bell to hit. Oh, oh, the fucking bell! Yeah, so I was like rushing through that, and then I went too fast, and then I, I that was that's why there was that. Uh, that do you talk first? Do I but, talk first? Who talks first? Don't don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Oh God, I hate it so much. I don't even want to talk about that. So yeah, we're yeah. This is Asinine Radio. Thank you all for listening. Go to go to iTunes. Go rate review and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. I uh, wanted to give a huge shout out to uh, to our newest reviewer. Oh, that's we right. We got a review on the iTunes. Very exciting stuff. I'm trying to bring it up. I'm trying to delay here. Here we go. This came from uh, somebody named CP1000. Uh, I think it was five stars, a five-star review. Uh, they, they put as the title, Excellent Reflections with Hands Praying. And it says, I love the concept of reviewing albums for a podcast. It's genius especially when your favorite artists show up. Thank you for sharing your insights, Tyler and Jeff. It opens up a new exciting dimension and layer to your favorite albums. What's next? Jeff Buckley? The McCabees? McCabees? Or an Idols album, maybe. Maccabees, maybe? Or Idols? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so that was from CP1000. Thank you very much for that. That, that means a lot. It's, it's awesome yeah. that people are even listening. That was, uh, so yeah. That was written better than we've ever like spoken ever <laughs> like right now yeah you can't even finish that i sentence. don't even know how to, i don't even know how to structure that sentence even i don't know yes yeah, clearly you don't i don't know i don't know weird, Jerry. It, it is weird it is weird that in that review this person brought up the band idols when friend of the pod chris was on a couple weeks ago he was also talking about them is it a sign because wasn't he talking about this band? Are they in Are they in cahoots together? I don't is, think so. Is one feeding the other information to get us to do an idols? <laughs> That'd be pretty extravaganza. Uh, I mean, it very well could be. I don't even know at this Interesting. point. Interesting. You never know. You never know. You never know. That's my favorite saying. You never know. Okay, so yeah, we're we're in October. We're three quarters of the way through October, and um, so yeah, we're almost to Halloween and. We're going to have our Halloween episode. I don't know what that really entails, except probably playing spooky noises in the background. <laughs> I just, I don't know why I just thought of that all of a sudden, but I'm excited for it. Uh, but yeah, Beetle let's just... Um, soundtrack for Halloween. Ooh, that'd be good, huh? <laughs> that'd be good. What? That's it. I'm, oh, that's, that's it? Yeah, no, that's... Oh, okay. So you're ready... That's, it, that's all. <laughs> ready to close it up. Ready to show. close it up. Ready to finish the episode. Call it a night. 
Call it a night. So let's get, jump right into our fearless beer review, Jeff. What do you got? What did you bring to the table tonight? Uh, I got some from Weldworks Brewing, and they're a brewery out of uh, Greeley, Colorado. And I got a coffee French toast stout. <sighs> Milk stout, to be, to be a little more serious there. Brewed with maple syrup, cinnamon, Peruvian coffee, milk, sugar, and vanilla. Now, milk stouts, I'm not... I'm not too crazy about because if they're too milky, then they're fucking disgusting. But if you just put the, just the right amount in there, I mean, that's, that's the edge, right? That's, that's the cherry on the cake. That's everything. That's the edge. <laughs> so, so we'll see what happens with this one. I'm pretty excited about this one. Looks okay. delish. 7.1%, 16 ounce can. And where, where is it from? Greeley? Yeah. Greeley. Greeley. Greeley Brewing. Greeley. Where's that one at again? Greeley, Colorado. It's Weld <laughs> Weldworks Brewing from Greeley, Colorado. Greeley, Greeley. It's an ugly fucking city name. Greeley. Col- it's really, it's really ugly. Like you're talking with like this kind of lisp. <laughs> Greeley, Greeley. You can't help it. You can't help but do that. Yeah, Greeley, Colorado. <laughs> Greeley, Greeley, Greeley. Okay, anyway, so you got a nasty milk stout. Um, I, I went with, with a beer from a, an amazing brewery that I, that I like a lot, and I know you like a lot, and that's from Pizza Port Brewing. I picked up their beer, Today's Forecast. I don't think we did, I did this on the pod yet, um, but I could be wrong, and honestly, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's 7.2%. This is an IPA, has a cool label like most of the Pizza Port, Pizza Port labels have. If you don't know where Pizza Port is, it's in uh, Solano Beach. The main one is in Solano Beach, California, but they have several locations throughout Southern California. And um, and yeah, that's it's the hops consist of Mosaic, Mosaic's Cryo, Creo, Cashmere, Azaka, and El Dorado. So there you uh, go. No Simcoe. No Simcoe, baby. No Simcoe. For what that's worth, I don't even know. I don't know either. But yeah, so I'm pouring mine right now. Have you poured yours? I'm 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 just finishing. Okay, so am I. And uh, you ready to uh, to try this out? Uh, yeah. All right, let's go. Ooh. Yeah, that's the right amount of milk. The right amount of milk. That's so gross. I, I, I do not like milk like at all. I'm not a fan of milk in really any capacity. Cereal. When I do eat cereal, cereal, when I do eat cereal, I only pour just enough milk to kind of get everything a little bit moist, and that's <laughs> that's as far as I go. I just I don't like milk; it's fucking gross. Even when I go you used, get donuts, you used I to drink chocolate milk. I know, I, I know. I got fired from a job for drinking too much chocolate milk. <laughs> I know. Well, I you just, know you didn't from Fridays. Yeah, I, I kept ringing in kids' chocolate milks as refills and. Over the oh. course of like six months or whatever it was, they had like a fucking stack of them, like hundreds. <laughs> and they're like, you know, you're supposed to pay for these. And I was like, dude, at least I rang it in, bro. I could have just taken it. <laughs> whatever. But yeah, I just, for I don't. Chocolate milk. <laughs> I don't like milk. It's gross. <laughs> Maybe that's why you don't like it anymore because you, you, you stole so much of it from Fridays. I didn't even steal it. I paid for the first one. There's no limit on how many refills you can have. It doesn't say then why did you, then why one did you per visit. Refills. Huh? Then why did you ring it up then? Because I paid for the first one when I first started working there, and then I got, you know, like 125 refills. All right. So, so what, okay, so 
uh, let, let's. I'll just go over the three-point rating system we have here, where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer you're going to continue to drink, one is a bad beer but you should give it a shot, and zero is a drain pour. Um, do do we have anything else to say about the beer before you rate it, or what do you? Another have? another thing with stout sometimes when they use cinnamon, I get a little bit worrisome because cinnamon is a very it's almost it's a, I mean it's a spice but it, it's kind of spicy if they use too much of it to the point where like a jalapeno would be spicy because cinnamon can also kind of give you that spiciness and, and be very, be, it, it could be too much. It could be too overpowering. It could be gross. And mm-hmm. so cinnamon, cinnamon's tough, but this has like a really, a really good amount of cinnamon in here. Everything in here is balanced really well. And then again, with the maple syrup, like I fucking love syrup. Syrup is so good. And so you get the syrup taste on the very, very <laughs> end. After everything's, how are you kidding me? Syrup in small amounts is good. Oh my god! You should, but you can overdo it so when, easily. Like the 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 small amount of times that I eat pancakes or waffles or any breakfast item, and I just murder it with syrup. Like we're talking gallons, oh, no, gallons. No. I put I put a minimal amount of syrup on it. But you're just eating fucking dry waffles. Oh, it's so good. Like when I get Belgian waffle from Denny's, mm. each each one of those little like canals those crevices those canyons yeah are completely full of syrup see i do i i try to do like almost like every other square oh no or like dude. every two every squares. single fucking square needs to be full of syrup and then you need to drizzle it on top <laughs> no that's too much it's gross syrup is so good but yeah this is a delicious beer perfect amount of everything um 2.5 whoa that's way too high. It's way too high for a milk stout with syrup in it. Very little. They probably milk. just pour the syrup in it. I yeah, I'd be down. I'd be oh, down. That's probably what they did. That's disgusting. They should they should age beer in a syrup tree, and then you know <sighs> a maple tree. You mean? Yeah. No, a syrup tree. There's syrup <laughs> a trees. Syrup so. tree. Yeah. Yeah. They they do have syrup trees now. They, you say, they just, do you say do you say syrup or syrup? I I think it's kind of both, like syrup. I guess they say syrup. Because some people do say syrup, and that's irritating. Why? Because it's it's not syrup. I'm, I think I say syrup. 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 You syrup. say crown, too? And, and instead of crayon, you say crown? I say crayon. These are all weird words, like crown, <laughs> but, crayon, but I try really syrup, hard. Kyle. Kyle. Stuff. Kyle. But I do try really hard when I, when I say uh, crayon. Like I, I, I really think about the word before I say it. Crayon. Because I don't want to say crown or crayon. Well, there's, there's kind of three different ways. There's crayon, like C-R-A-N, and then there's crown, which is so dumb. And then there's crayon. <laughs> but then when you say crayon like that, I mean, it, it, it almost sounds like you're deliberately trying to say it proper, and then you just sound like a dick. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> oh, God. This is um, the hard-hitting news, baby. This is the good stuff. Okay, so you gave your your beer a uh, a, a 2.5. rating way too high of two point five. Mm, well, way too high. Uh, so yeah, my my beer. Honestly, this is one of the weaker uh, beers I've had from uh, Pizza Port. I feel like they they do they usually do a much better job, especially with their IPAs and. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm kind of indifferent with it. It's not bad. It's just not very hoppy. It doesn't have a ton of flavor, and I'm just gonna have, give this one a solid two point two out of three. Just solid two out of three. Solid two point out of three. Two point out of three is, but two point oh out of three is. Okay. Yeah, I, I I honestly I wouldn't go back to this and 
yeah, I just would never go back to it. It's just it's good, but never, never again. So many better beers. Now, right. I will say this: our boy Raúl did leave a comment yeah. on Beer Advocate. He uh, he he wrote this review up on just this last Wednesday at five twenty four a.m. So our boy was up pretty damn late <laughs> drinking this beer, <laughs> drinking and that this beer review. exactly. So this is what he wrote. Ra- Raul Mondesi, this is what he wrote, from California. He, he, it actually says from California, so that means he's not in jail anymore. <laughs> there you go. Where the fuck he uh, was. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what he wrote. This is a pretty good one. Almost as if Winnie the Pooh brewed the son of a gun. It's all West Coast like Sunrise and Santa Monica, <laughs> but then it finishes on a very smooth honey note. Yeah, this one speaks to me like the first time I smoked a bowl and listened to spiritualized, ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space. All Raul wants is a little bit of love. Just take the pain away. Dude, he's he's like the greatest <laughs> beer reviewer that's ever lived. He is. He's, he's so best. he's so Southern California, though. Mm-hmm. That that review was was straight Southern. And he's, he's obviously from L.A. or L.A. County because otherwise he would hit Huntington Beach rather than. Santa Monica. Santa Monica. Yeah, definitely. That's a good catch. That's a good catch right there. Man, man, fuck Santa Monica. Seriously, Santa Monica blows. There's one good bar there. But that's it. Was that the bar? Do we? No, maybe not. That British pub we went to for my birthday. That is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's exactly what oh, I'm talking damn. about. Oh damn, we played darts <laughs> for like the first time ever. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, you and I actually, you and I had gone there by ourselves, or just you and I once. But I don't know why we went out all the way out to Santa Monica. Maybe we were coming home or going to L.A.? Maybe. It There's no reason like why that. we would ever, ever step foot in Santa Monica. Yeah, why? I don't remember why we went there the first time. But I, like, I think like a year later, uh, we went there for my birthday once. I think my like 22nd or 23rd birthday. Yeah. Damn. That was why. And then that was when, uh, when you guys were making me, not making me, but you guys were putting shit in my shots. And me oh, that's right. Me. Yeah, that was that was wild. That was a wild night, Oof. really fucking wild night. The woofers. Oh, goddamn. Okay, are we good with our fearless beer review? Yep. Yep. All right, let's move on uh, to some vinyl talk stuff that we've got this week over this last week, and then that'll lead into our songs of the week. So, um, what do you got, Jeff? All right. Well, I didn't really go to a a store this week. But I did pick up a lot of vinyls, not like oh, a lot, and then also like the noun, a lot, a, a, a group, a stack of vinyl. And it was $37, and there was like 50 vinyl in there, 55. Just all like right. kind of like old, like 60s, 70s rock. I bought it mostly because um, I guess the first thing I'll talk about is The Doors, their first album, The Doors. The Doors. The Doors. It's 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 interesting because I have a mono copy of it and it was five bucks, but the writers on the storm and actually most of the second side is all fucked up. But the first side plays fine and it's mono, and so I bought this lot this week. I actually bought it for one hundred and fifty bucks, but then I sold everything else, so it came out to about thirty seven dollars for a bunch of records. Damn! But I bought this lot because it had the doors in it and it was stereo. So now I too can jump on the train of trying to <laughs> differentiate between the mono and stereo versions of music that is I, uh, that is good and I love. So have you done it yet? Uh, I have not. I have not sat down and tried to listen to the differences yet. No, but I listened to the doors through and through, and it's fabulous copy. 
some guy sold it to me that it was it was all his stuff from like like I don't know, I don't know how the fuck old he was gray hair old, and he was just like yeah man take it, cool. <laughs> all right. Are you um, saying the doors or the doors? The doors. Because sometimes it sounds like you're saying the doors. Yeah, the doors. The doors. Yeah, the doors. It really does. Double D, really the, does. Doors. the doors. The doors. Like the bears, D-D. the doors. The bears, the doors, DD. I, right. <laughs> I also got my first imports, too. I got two imports now. Taiwan imports or Taiwanese okay. imports. Taiwanese, yeah. I have two of them now. I have, I have Blondie, Auto-American. It's an import. And then I have a police... Um, album the police album imports and yada mandata i don't know what to do with them i guess i'll keep them they're kind of cool they're in this uh like a weird sleeve it's like really papery thin and a lot smaller than a normal jacket so when i put it in my my outer big fudge sleeves they're noticeably smaller but it's cool i guess but the the record itself isn't smaller is it no it's normal record but i mean besides the track listing everything else is in I was I I I don't know if it's Taiwan. I just assume it is. <laughs> okay. So the fuck do I know? <laughs> Why, how do you just assume it is? Because it doesn't look Chinese or like Japanese. Like I've played enough video games to kind of recognize those symbols and characters. Ah. So I don't like recognize these at all. And because I assuming, yeah. and because I know like only three countries that use things like that. That's the third one. <laughs> What do you want from me, dude? I'm being honest. You want me to lie? I'll lie. You want me to be honest? I'll be honest. No, it's it's fine. It's fine. I also uh, I also picked up. So like most of these are from that um, that that lot. The big so, one. Yeah. When, when I when I when I talk about these, actually, almost all of them. Uh, I got Rush. Their their album Signals, 1982. It's fine. People people complained that they're still kind of leaning too much into the synth sound. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as like the prog rock goes, like I. Like they're so talented, they're so fucking good, but their music is just—it just—it doesn't do it for me the way some other prog bands do. And I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I'm—I th- wonder if it's because it's not busy enough for you, because you could tell, you can almost tell it's like three guys playing. But when you yeah. listen to to ELP, yeah. it sounds—it sounds more rounded. It just sounds bigger in general than anything else. Maybe like symphonic prog or, or art rock, I guess, would be like a different genre that I'm leaning more into. Because, yeah, you're probably right. Like, when you listen to Rush, you do, especially like their, their earlier stuff from the 70s, you can definitely tell there's only three guys. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. It's not saying, you know, it's not a strike to them, but yeah, yeah you can whatever. definitely tell. Okay. Okay. So you hate Rush, so, but that's okay. Yeah, I hate Rush. Um, I got two Sticks albums. Oh, and then, and then and somehow you like sticks you. more than Rush. Let okay. me tell you. So, like these albums were in immaculate condition. It was like like this guy never played them. Like it was, they were in perfect condition, and most of them still had the original inner sleeve, or like the lyric sheet, um, or posters. Or he takes care of them so well. I just like I, we do. I just couldn't believe it, like how old these were and like how perfect they were. It was crazy. But I I picked up Paradise Theater and Kilroy was here. It's their tenth and eleventh album. Both of them kind of, I mean, Kilray for sure got kind of shitty reviews. That's one that has Mr. Roboto on it. Okay. And uh, that album kind of sucks. That's that's for sure my least favorite Sticks album. Well, I think that song kind of sucks too. I don't really like that song. That album was was conceived as, as or to be a like a concept album. It told a story of this 
character Kilroy or it was a robot or something. I don't know. It was fucking, it was, it was pretty bad. It was lame. <laughs> but Paradise Theater, Paradise Theater kind of, I don't know, they, like, like reviews wise, it was okay. But I thought it was great, man. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a, a, another concept album that was about the rise and fall of Chicago's Paradise Theater. And it was meant mm-hmm. to kind of like mimic America's change. But dude, it was fucking good. Like I, maybe like top three sticks for me so far. Jesus. Yeah, it was fantastic. I got I, I, Atomic Atomic Rooster. We're not gonna talk about sticks because I know you don't like sticks. So I just <laughs> I just I don't. I mean, I like some of their stuff, but I just don't get why people like them so much. I just think they're okay for that genre. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I guess as far as if, if if there was a category of symphonic prog rock, mm-hmm. I mean, they would be in there. But then like ELPs, better like way better. Yeah, way way better. Oh, yes, man, is way better good. too. Come on, they're good. Come on, come Atomic on. Rooster. Have you heard? Have you heard of Atomic Rooster? Is that a band? Yeah, so I got Atomic Rooster. I had never heard of them, and I was like, okay, this is cool. And then come to find out, this is Carl Palmer from from Emerson Lake and Palmer, his first band. Okay. Before he left this band to go join Emerson Lake and Palmer, but this is their third album, which he didn't play on, but. <laughs> Okay. But it was it was kind of cool. Like I never heard of them, so now I know who they are and where he came is from. It, that was, is it proggy or is it more like classic rock based or what? It's 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 definitely like flirting on that line of of prog rock and just hard rock. Hmm. Like you 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 can tell that there are times where they want to kind of go off and do things, but they're almost like sticking to their structure, sticking to the to the structure of a normal song. So they're scared. There's not there's not enough there to kind of make me go back and listen or buy their first couple albums. If I see it for cheap, I'll probably pick it up. But other than that, I'm not 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 that interested. Okay. Picked up four. Count them four foreigner records. Their why? first four: Foreigner, Double Visions, Head Games, and Foreigner Four Four. But why? Um, I don't know. Because <laughs> it was just in the bundle and they're in like perfect condition. So fuck it. Yeah, I guess if 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 it's pretty much that cheap, why not? And um, I thought none of them were great. Some <laughs> of like them Chicago. were. Some of them were. Oh, oh God, Chicago. Some of them were okay, <laughs> but none of them were great. So yeah. I was. I was. It was actually. I was actually pretty disappointed. That sucks. I. I, I remember yeah. feeling that way with Chicago, just being like, "This is what people like about this band. Like, what is it? I don't. I just don't get it. It's. It's like I don't get it. Chicago, Boston, Foreigner. Kansas. Okay, but hold on. Oh, 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 oh. Kansas you, is the better. Are you throwing out, are you throwing out city them. names or are you talking about bands that suck? I don't know what you're doing. Because if you're well, talking I'm about just, the band Kansas and the band Boston, then you need to chill out, relax. So I'm, I'm thinking with, with Kansas, you know, I think I was a little hyped before I listened to that record because I was expecting it to be more like the Yes records that you kind of got me into, the ELP stuff you got me into. So I was expecting more of that, and I was I was definitely let down. Well, you with that one. That album's not bad. You leftover. You leftoverture is not a bad album, but they're it's not good, going to be. But it's not that great. They're definitely not on the level of ELP as far as as talent. I mean, those guys are fucking good. They're so tight yeah. and they're so good, and they're not as rounded in a sound sense as as you said earlier. As yes. But in their own way, dude, they're like rockers. They, they like again, they they flirt that line of hard rock and prog rock, and they kill it. They do a fantastic job. I mean, there was some good stuff on that record. Keep at them, man. Keep at them. Don't give up. Don't give up hope. 
I'll try not to, but I got a lot to listen to, <sighs> especially after this weekend. Oof. I've been lagging. Well, you're <laughs> gone, but fuck out of here. Yeah, I was gone for four days. I, also I bought more up, records when I was gone. Anyway, continue. I, I, I also picked up two Fog Hat records, Energized and Full for the City. How was that? So Fog Hat, I know them because of, of Slow Ride, and I don't like that song. I think it's oh, stupid. Oh, that song's so sick. But Energized, <laughs> I think it was their third album. Nah, whatever. Full for the City, their fifth album, that's one that has Slow Ride. That was their first platinum album. And again, like I always thought Slow Ride was kind of lame, but I didn't know Slow Ride's like a nine-minute song. When you, hear, when you hear on the radio, it's like two, three minutes tops. It's a fucking nine-minute song. No shit. Dude, it's... How it's, was the nine-minute version? It was fantastic. It was amazing. <laughs> Dude, this Fool for the City album is so fucking cool. It was so dope. Okay, I'll keep one eye out for that because I've been wondering about Foghat because I've seen it. I've seen the records here and there for fairly cheap, but I never did. I never picked them up because I just, I don't know, I was so unsure. After Slow Ride, it, you know, it, it, I think that song's great, but, you know, I was kind of burned by Chicago and a little burned by Kansas, so I'm <sighs> a little more wary now. What's 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 kind of cool about Full for the City is the album cover has their drummer fishing out of a manhole cover in New York City, like you would like ice mm-hmm. fishing. And I, I guess, like, supposedly the story goes, like, it was early in the morning and some NYPD officers, like, drove up and was, like, making fun of him and laughing and asking him if he had a fishing license. <laughs> and I just, like, drove off. Like, didn't even question it or anything. Just made fun of him and left. <laughs> so that's cool. That's so cool. So, so one band that I'm actually kind of really getting into now is the Rolling Stones. Really? Okay. Yeah. I'm surprised. I, I'm I surprised. picked up I picked up four of their albums. Two of them I got I got burned on. They they were unplayable for my standards. So like for my standards, if anything skips, I'm done. I, You're I out. unlistenable, whatever. If it loops, I'm out. I'm done. I can handle surface noise, I can handle a little bit of warpage if it ad- mimic or adjusts the sounds a little bit, but I can't handle skips or loops. I just I can't do it. I don't want to do it. So I had okay. two of them. I had two of them that were like that. So, oh, so I got rid of them, but I still I kept two. <laughs> they were good. Uh, so I kept one. Let it bleed. That's 1969, and then some girls 1978. The 1969 one that is a banger, and the some girls 1978 that one was a banger as well. The hmm. Let It Bleed has you can't always get what you want. That song on it. It's an okay song, and um, it's just they're solid. I mean, I never realized how many guest musicians how many people they have on their album it's not just like the core four or five guys or whatever it is there's mm. like dozens there's so many really? like 20 see i've never i've never really got into rolling the rolling stones outside of their their hits but even most of the hits i think are just good they're not i never go out of my way to listen to the rolling stones except for painted black that's it okay i just i don't i don't i don't get it i just don't get it but then i don't know where to start because they have so many fucking records. They have way too stuff. many. It's the same with Kiss. Like people love Kiss, but I don't know why. They'd start with Alive, their their live album, Kiss Alive. Good. good oh yeah, stuff. yeah. You said it was really good. Good stuff. Yeah. So the Stones are cool. I'm I'm down with them. Okay. Barely, but okay. Yeah, you know. Um, I got a couple Martin Denny records. I got Taste of Honey and Latin Village. You listen to them? Yeah, I did. You hate them? Um, no, they were, they were good. Taste of Honey was good. Latin Village was phenomenal. These are better. I mean, I don't want to say better than Exotica, but the, 
like the fact that there was no like goofy jungle noises. <laughs> I can't believe that's the only thing that like I can't believe that that's what bothers you about that that record. Well, it's, I'm just sitting there listening, and then I hear like I'm on the fucking Jungle Cruise, and I hear these noises. Like, so cool, man! You don't like the Jungle Cruise? Oh, Tyler. Come on, but everybody likes the Jungle Cruise. What's what was cool about Latin Village? It has a song on there. It had the song "Girl from Ipanema." Yeah, and that song, like I always tell you how, how much I like Stan Getz, the the jazz musician. Yes, you do. So, like, "Girl from Ipanema" was originally written by Antonio Carlos Obim in like early '60s, and Stan Getz and him, Antonio Carlos Obim, did that Getz Obim Orange album. That I was telling you to buy. Yeah, the one that I need to buy. And that song is like what popularized Bossa Nova to Americans in, in the mid 60s. So when that came on for Martin Denny, I was like, what the fuck? This is like, I know this song. So I was really stoked about it. I thought it was really cool. I was, yeah. I was super, I was super excited when, when I heard it. Yeah. I, I, Martin Denny is really cool too. Cause like he, he does some big band stuff, but it's, it's pretty subtle for the most part. And that's what I really like about it. It's more subdued and just relaxing and, Martin Denny's great. He's he's kind of just a good middle ground if you wanted to get into pretty much anything in the jazz realm or instrumental. Yeah, I, I I'd agree with that. If people are like unsure, well, I don't know where to start with jazz. I don't just, like listen to Martin Denny. It's fine. It's easy. Yeah, it's good. I, I can see that. I can see that. Solid. I like him a lot. He has so many fucking records too. I think he has like thirty records. Oh my goodness! But I'll have them all at one point, at some point. <laughs> Thirty Martin Denny records—that's crazy. What, what's crazy. so irritating is like I'll I'll come across like new versions of Exotica, and it's like thirty-five dollars, thirty bucks. I'm like, dude, I bought this for like four dollars, and it sounds great for four dollars. Like it's an it's an old it's an old pressing, but it still sounds really good. That's just, I don't know why anybody would pay that much for it. That's just people thinking they have something that they probably don't. There's what no way. There's because some people sell sell vinyl, offer up or Craigslist or whatever for an exorbitant amount of money, oh, and yeah. and then now that you're getting into vinyl more and seeing prices, like you know, you know the shit they're selling is not is not worth that much. It's not e- worth it. No. Even if it's Elvis, people will sell Elvis records for forty, fifty, sixty dollars a piece. I'm like, dude, that's a three dollar record. Oh, definitely, yeah. And especially considering Elvis has so many fucking records, and they pressed so many of every single one of them. Yeah. Like they're, they're not hard to, or for the most part, they're not hard to find. And they're all bad. <laughs> I, last time I was at White Rabbit last early last week, he had just put out a bunch of new stuff, like like discounted stuff, and I saw probably I probably went through m- at least thirty Elvis records. Jesus. Yeah, all ranging between like three dollars and like seven dollars. I wonder I if that stuff sells out there does more because it sells out here for sure, like Elvis stuff. I'll, yeah, I will go to a record store when they put new stuff out. I'll see Elvis. I'll go back three or four days later. Gone. It's all gone. I think. It, I think what it was was he just probably got a bunch of it at once. Like probably somebody came in with a barrel or a box of records, and most of them were Elvis. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Because because these these new bargain bins he puts out because he has they have the uh, the one and two dollar bins that you you know along the wall there. Yeah. But what he's been doing for the last like maybe three weeks or so or four weeks, he has like just milk crates, probably like eight milk crates. And they're just full of discounted records, like I said, between like four and eight dollars. And uh, and that's where I found a bunch of yes. And I found uh, a bunch of ELP. Like I found a bunch of stuff in there. And a lot of the stuff I've seen is already gone from those bins. 
over the weeks. So I feel like a lot of that stuff sells really quickly. So one one band that I do like a lot, and uh, I think their first two albums are fucking bangers. They're so good. Is Boston? And you shit talked them earlier. I did, yeah. But you do have two Boston records in your lot. Yeah, but I haven't listened to them. I haven't listened to them yet. yet. They are surprisingly good. They are a surprisingly good band. I I had their third album now, third stage, and um, it was kind of lame. It was actually I shouldn't say it was kind. It was really lame. <laughs> it was released nineteen eighty six, eight years after their second album, and and what? it only had the original singers, so it was missing everybody else, and everybody else had left, and it's just like dude, the Boston sound is is iconic, and it's fucking. It's so good. There's dueling guitars. There's dueling harmonies. This this third stage was very meh. And it kind of leaned into the con- concept, the conceptualization of the album too hard. Mm-hmm. And it was very boring. Like I was I was legit disappointed. Because I think the first two Boston albums are fucking bangers. I think they're so good. Yeah. Well, is it more is it because it's more like eighties influenced or what? It's just boring. Boston has never been boring. Boston is a hard rock band. And to say something is hard rock, like Van Halen, like they, they're fucking rockers. Yeah. But then, but then to, to call like this album hard rock, because now I have to file it under my hard rock genre, because their first two is hard rock, and I feel stupid. <laughs> like this should Just be, get rid of it. This should be soft rock. Get rid of it then. What am I going to do with it? Nobody's going to buy this. Give it, like put it in a bundle or something. Maybe. Might as well. If you're never going to listen to it again and you don't want it in your collection, why keep it? Well, because at some point I'm, I'm going to want to do a Boston album and then I will listen to it again. Oh, my God. So you'll just have it sit there and take up space, collect dust Tyler, for, one, you, for one time, for the one time we do bust Boston on the pod. If and when you have more space for your records, you are going to keep them all. I probably will, but I'll also be more <laughs> selective. I'll be more selective than you are because you, you pretty much take up anything. I do. I just buy in bulk because it's cheap. Like I said, it was like thirty five dollars for fucking. But then, but you keep a lot records. of stuff. You keep a lot of stuff you only would listen to once. That's what it seems like. Also, also to be fair too, like I mean, not that like a lot of people come over here all the time, but actually, most of the people that come over are always older people, older than me at least, and <laughs> and they're always like, "Do you have Boston?" Like Renee's mom, like loves Boston and. Course. Yeah, so you know, whatever. I don't know. Tyler, what do you want from me? <coughs> Fuck man. I don't know. I, I want you to I want you to make better choices when it comes I want you to, to shut up. Records. I also bought I also got this thing called Montrose. Montrose? Montrose? Mm-hmm. Montrose? Have you heard of this Montre- I think it's Montrose. But Montrose. no, I have not heard of it. Uh, why would you say Because I think it's a common Montrose. word, isn't it? I don't isn't know. Isn't that a common word? Isn't it's, it like it's a, a name, like a street name or something? It's the name of the guy's it's it's the last name of the of the guitarist from the band. And okay. this is this is Sammy Hagar's first band. The first time Sammy Hagar ever was on vocals and recorded was this album, 1973, Montrose. Uh, hard rock, like hard rock. And it was kind of interesting to think that like Van Halen, th- th- this was fi- a solid five to six years before Van Halen sounded like this. And this sounded, like a, this sounded a lot like Van Halen. Really? Just not, just not as good. But yeah, this sounded a lot like Van Halen. Like Hagar Van Halen or David Lee Roth Van Halen? Because they're two pretty different things. Both. I I mean, the only difference between the two is is everybody got lazy. They all got lazy and Hagar has like a quarter of the energy David Lee Roth did. Yeah, they're all lazy. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) 
I, it was it was just interesting to think like these guys released this album you know a solid five years before Van Halen did and Van Halen overshadowed them in every aspect. True, that's very true because I've never heard of them. Never. It was interesting. I wouldn't. I, okay. I mean, you'll I keep guess, it, but you won't. Get I guess you'll make. I guess you'll yell at me, but I'll never listen to this again. <laughs> never listen to it again. So it'll just sit in yeah. that collection. <laughs> I, I also picked up this thing called Uriah Heap. Have you heard of them? Yeah, because we talked about them because I have one of their records. Do you? Yeah, I got it from a bargain bin. Like when Which? when we first started collecting, like maybe two weeks into us collecting, I picked up one of their records. Do you, do you know which one you picked up or do you remember? It's the, um, I'll look it up real quick because I can open up Discogs. Oops. If it's their first album called Very, I think it's supposed to be Very Heavy, Very Humble, but it's it's, it's, it's supposed to be spoken with an accent, so it's Very Heavy, Very Humble. Damn it, why did it log me out? This is uh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to quickly pick up oh, Discogs. Man. But anyway, this is their first This is their first album. I never heard of these guys. I guess I didn't listen when you were talking about them. No, you this obviously out, weren't. This came out in 1970, and <sighs> this album alone was like heavy metal. Like this, people compared this, essentially being like in 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 the beginnings of heavy metal with like Sabbath, and mm-hmm. I guess after this album, they became more like just kind of rock, like boring rock. But this first album was heavy metal, and it was fucking good. Like which it was one is really it called? Good is it called again? It's called Very Heavy, Very Humble. Oh, very okay, yeah. No, I got I got the record Demons and Wizards. Okay. And it was nineteen seventy two. And really the reason why I picked it up was because the cover is so weird and it's like very like sci fi or like very fantasy novel looking. And it was called Demons and Wizards. I'm like, this could be probably really, really cool. And it was cool. I mean it wasn't it wasn't like mind blowing, but it was it was fun. It was a good little listen. Well if you see this one, then you should pick it up. Okay. I, I do see some of the records every now and then. Uh, for fairly cheap, so I'll look out for it. This this like perfectly blended heavy rock with a little bit of a prog rock sound. It was good. Okay. Surprisingly yeah, good. The um under I'm looking right now on Discogs and the Demons and Wizards Wizards that I have, it's labeled as art rock, hard rock, and prog rock. Anyway. Yeah, so I, I do have anyway. one of my records. Well that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so what else you got? Uh just some hip hop now. Um oh, God. Always hip hop, shitty hip hop. Do you do you not like hip hop? Well, I don't. No, I do, but it's always like shitty hip hop with you. It's always like bargain bin that you get, and it's just like, really, you like this? Or you picked up uh, who'd you pick up? Debrat, dude. Debrat was solid. <laughs> you picked up Little Kim. You Little Kim is so Fad. good. You're fucking nuts, dude. You anybody out there that Fad. anybody out there that like listens to hip hop is just gonna hear you speaking right now and, and then probably unsubscribe because <laughs> it was you just you're in, you're fucking insane. Do you know what I almost did this week? I almost did this week. It's not really hip hop. It's more R and B. Well, actually, it is R and B. But I almost picked up an Ashanti record because it was like seven dollars. Why would you not I almost pick it did up? It. I don't know. I don't know. I was looking at it and I almost did it. Where was it seven dollars at? At White Rabbit. Oh. Uh, just pick it up. It's yeah. seven bucks. I know. I see now you've convinced me. It's just see like, how like easy it never, is to convince me to buy a fucking record? Well, it's, it's just stupid. because you, you never see any kind of hip hop, R and B, reggae stuff for that cheap. I did I did realize that, that White Rabbit has a pretty kind of decent selection of R and B and like soul. For not that bad of Bad of pricing. I think there was a Missy Elliott in there for like fifteen too. I thought about that one too, but 
Uh, I changed I mean, my mind. Depending on which Missy Elliott, but it was the the one with the cover like the 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 sepia with the sepia tone, and she it's like looks like the 1920s, and she has what that she's in front of a microphone sepia. Stand. Sepia is that how, how you pronounce sepia. it? I don't know what that is. It's like that, that that tan brown color. It's like a filter. I don't know. Fuck it. Forget it. Who cares? So, uh, it but it, I mean, if if so, it's not like like under construction that has work it. On no, or? I don't. I don't. Even, I didn't even look at the track listing. I don't even remember. Oh, all right, that's fine. Yeah, I know. I'm, next I'm we'll, get, we'll get them next time. So we'll get the, next time. the first thing I bought, which I thought was hip hop, because it was in the hip hop section, but it turned out to be more R and B. But this this group called Xscape. Okay. Have you heard of them? Never heard of them. Never heard of them either. From the '90s, this is their second album. Came out in '95. But this is definitely more R and B than hip hop. But it's kind of funny you mentioned the Brat because they were label mates with the Brat. And Jermaine Dupree did a remix of a Mariah Carey song and Escape and Debrat each sang like a different verse. So they collabed on a song together. Okay. Boom, baby. Knowledge. But it was okay. <laughs> I don't know. It was fine. <laughs> I was I was seven it was seven bucks, so you know, what are you gonna well, do? Well that's not too bad. It's not too bad. Yeah. So the Missy Elliott one that I saw at at White Rabbit, it's the it's called the album's called The Cookbook. Came out in 05 and it has Lose Control, which is an amazing song. And then I don't know any of the other songs. I'm looking through the, the track list. I don't know. I don't recognize them. So that's gotta be her most recent album then. That was the last album she came out with was in 05. Which oh. seems odd, right? No, nah, it's like about right. I feel like she's come out with like music maybe every like at least five years. But until apparently maybe, not. Maybe until five. <laughs> oh, uh, there you go. There you go. But I mean, she's like, she's still alive. It's not like she died or anything. Well, I, I'm, I, okay, I guess. But she, it seems like she completely fell off, felt like went away. Like she's not, I don't know. Because maybe that was a big hit. To, Lose maybe control she wanted to focus hit. on like, I don't know, being a person and living her life. Could be that. Could be that. Instead of trying I to please we'll Tyler know. all the fucking time. I mean, I mean, that should be everybody's goal <laughs> but apparently not apparently so I, not so i signed up for this this um this vinyl me please subscription is it like columbia house yeah but way more expensive <laughs> 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 but right. i i signed up for it because they've I, I guess they never do this but they released their next three subscription albums or whatever it is i beforehand rather than like two weeks before it's saying oh this month's thing is is fucking in sync or this month's thing is led zeppelin because they have three different genres they have classics and then hip-hop and then just like things we we like or whatever it is but the hip-hop one i signed up because it had people under the stairs and it's never i mean it's been pressed one time when the album came out it's their ost album from o2 and it's never been pressed again and so i was like holy shit like i fucking want this i don't care what it costs and it's like thirty five bucks, but Ooh, the album the album that I well it, it's oh, for no, November. It was a subs- yeah, subscription. So the album that I got this month was Red. I I I, I could have chose Outcast, Anconia, or another one, or Redman, Muddy Waters. But I chose Muddy Waters because I think this one too hasn't been pressed all that often on vinyl. Whereas like Stankonia, you can buy on Amazon for like fucking twenty bucks. Yeah, so I'm not too worried about that. But yeah, so I I, I got uh, Red Man Money Waters. This is the third album produced by Eric from uh, EPMD. Eric Sermon, '96. Mm-hmm. Fucking great album, like great fucking album. I I heard this 
probably like in middle school when I was when I was like trying to be like a Vato at that point. And <laughs> I think that's where like a lot of my hip hop origins. Oh, dude, I was so lame. But yeah, I think that's where like a lot of my hip hop origins kind of started was was hanging out with people that listened to a lot of hip hop. And so, uh, yeah, dude, this was a, this is a banger of an album. This is um, I don't know if it's his most popular, but and not that I like I'm an authority on his music, but I dude, I love his rapping style. This is like when he really kind of came into the game and solidified himself as a heavy hitter. And there's a t- there's a ton of like other people that come on and help him, including including Method Man on this album. So it's cool, man. And then it's got the song Whatever Man. It's one of his biggest songs. Fantastic. I don't remember that song. Fucking banger. What year? What year did this come out? Ninety six. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. He, oh, I guess that makes sense. He's been around that long. I've always I've always kind of wondered like, should I get if I come across like a a fair like a decent price decently priced like method man or red man should i pick it up yes would you say so absolutely well, like okay so what's, know, what's, I, what's decent I'm price so, to you like 20 bucks yes 25, like 25 for hip-hop maybe because hip-hop well, tends to be more expensive I, well i mean to be fair too like unless it's unless it's a colored vinyl you can just buy that shit on amazon you can buy it on like zia record site you can buy it online for 20 to 25 dollars so I, I I wouldn't say if he came across like I don't know Method Man's any any of his albums I guess for twenty five dollars jump on it because like how many times do you see the Wu Tang the the thirty six chambers out there you see it all the time true that's one that you always see yeah so and, and you don't jump on it but if you ever see it for anything less than like fifteen I mean that's a no brainer what Wu Tang or because I already it, have the Wu Tang no it, I mean not just the thirty six chambers but pretty much Brand. anything from any member by uh, of Wu Tang, if you see for fifteen or less, you jump on it. Was was Redman Redman Redman? Oh fuck! Was he ever part of Wu Tang? I don't think or he was just like always a, like a guest. I don't think he was an official member. I don't even know if he ever really was a guest. I don't I, know. I have no idea. Maybe. I just know that him and Method Man were always together. Yeah, they became movies, friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Once they both had the had this you know affinity for marijuana and. <laughs> things of the sort they became like this this inseparable duo in the late 90s early 2000s so weird because i what was it how high was that the movie that's what it was right was snoop too was he was in it i think so that was really bad it was I awful think, i don't think i've ever seen that movie it was bad it was really, <laughs> really bad i saw it mind you i saw it in high school so this is like at least 15 years ago i think <laughs> when it came out i don't know anyway continue all right, just a couple more here. All right. Something I picked up, I, uh, I, I'm i always searching off for up for deals. And so I bought two albums for 30 bucks. Okay. I bought Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon. Fuck. And then so I bought Kanye West, 808s, and Heartbreak. Oh, well, I mean, I can go away with, get away. I mean, I wouldn't get that, but. And how much, how much were they each? 20? Uh, well, it was thirty bucks for both, so oh, fuck. fifteen so each. Where Kid Cudi's normally it's that's a twenty dollar new record. I wasn't too Dude, worried about that. Every time I've come across that record, it's like at least thirty bucks. The Kid Cudi one? Yes, Man on the Moon. Yes. What the hell? That's it's that's nineteen ninety nine at most record stores out here. No, fuck, man. That's not fair. That's not fair. But the eight oh eight and Heartbreak. That's that's a thirty five dollar record, and and I mean yeah, it was new, but. Like the record came with the original poster. It has a CD because it's a trifold, 
So it's like three mm. opens up twice rather than just once, you know, like a gatefold does. Yeah. And there's a CD in the middle and it came with the original CD. CD wasn't scratched. Not that I'll ever listen to it. But okay. um dude, 808s and Heartbreak. Holy shit. That is Kanye's best fucking album. That's that's his fourth album, 2008. This one's more electronic stuff, a lot of auto-tunage and and just like deeper, more introspective lyrics. I guess as deep as Kanye can get. But even you know, even you know, even though Kanye's an idiot outside of music, the dude makes good music. <laughs> dude, he he has some of the best beats. It's ridiculous. Ever. Yeah. I mean, and, I don't like his 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 style that much. Like his rapping style, but dude, his production is top notch for you, sure. You have you listened to this one like in its entirety at all? The Eight Oh Eights and Heartbreak. Yeah. No, because I'm looking at I'm looking right now at the uh, the track listing. I don't recognize any of these songs. Yes, you do, Tyler. I don't. Rebecca I don't think Anstead. I do. Maybe the Kid Cudi one, but outside of that, I don't. You don't know Heartless? How could you be so heartless? How could you be so Doctor oh, Evil? Oh, yeah. Love Lockdown. Okay, my Love Lockdown. Love mm. Lockdown. I don't paranoid. He's a paranoid. I don't recognize Wait, that. You're one. fucking nuts. You are nuts. <laughs> Just fucking. Oh, you're so crazy. Maybe it maybe it's one of those things where I would recognize the beat and that, but not the actual melody. Oh, dude, it's so good. Because I feel like his his beats are more are more recognizable than his actually his actual melodies and his his rapping and everything. I mean, really you're not. one of the few people that think that his rapping is terrible, but that's fine. I don't think it's that good. I I think it's oh, it's it's I think, good. It's I think good at best. I think you're trying to be different. I think you're trying to be purposely oh hurtful. God. I'm and not. When I just said he has some, he he he's one of the best producers in in hip hop, and he has some of the greatest beats. Like, how is that being disrespectful? I just don't think he's a very good rapper. That's because you are a dum dum. So <laughs> we. <laughs> Hey, maybe we'll do a Kanye album and then I'll be forced to listen to all of his records. I shouldn't have said that. I, I actually, I, the reason why I bought this too was because normally this is pretty expensive. And because it was so cheap, I bought it. I mean, I already have my next pick anyway. But after yeah. that pick, I'm really thinking about this one. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Whatever. Oh, yeah. I'll do it. I'll do whatever you want to do. It's, this one's it's your pod. You might. You might like this one, but then you also you might think it's like the worst thing ever because the production in this one is toned down and kind of goes back to like the basics of hip hop. And he uses the Roland 808 drum machine a lot. Like I like 808s a lot. So again, man, like you might like, if, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it would be very interesting for you to hear the whole thing through and through, but it's pretty damn deep for somebody who's kind of a knucklehead outside of music. Yeah, he, he's it's good shit. I don't really like him. Well, he doesn't like fucking him, so. Do you know what band was the first band to use 808, the 808 bass drum ever in rock music? No idea. Corn. The fuck out of here. Corn no on here. the song Shit. Blind. The song Blind was the first time the 808 was used in a rock song. I kid you not. Like, I'm not, I'm not being stupid about it. It's 100% true. 1994. It was the first 808 to be used in a rock song. There's no way because 808 yeah. was in the, the 808s that was made in the 80s. How like it doesn't matter? Decade, but it was more electronic. Nobody, nobody used it in the 80s. No, because I mean, if you think about it, in the 80s, metal music would never touch anything electronic. Grunge was definitely not going to touch anything electronic. So then you get a band like Korn, who was heavily influenced by hip hop music, 
they used it. It's plain and simple, man. Go listen. Go listen to Blind again. There's uh, so much 808 in that song. I mean, I I don't I don't doubt that they used it, but they even, were the first. But even bands song. like Blondie, like Blondie, never used one. No. Even on Auto American, that was like one of the first instances of like a, a non-hip-hop group using hip-hop elements in a song. There's but no maybe, way they didn't use I mean, maybe, maybe if Blondie did it, they were at that point, they were considered an electronic band rather than like a punk band or, a, or an alternative band. All I know I'm gonna is gonna that Korn was the first to... I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that Korn <laughs> was not the first rock band to use an 808. Why does that make you so mad? Because it's so irritating. Because they're so revolutionary. Got them. I think it's because it's. I think the opposite. But you, you, oh, you are a up. firm you, believer of what you, you said. Are so you're so dumb because I know you like corn. <laughs> like I know I've converted you for like at least half of the records, and you still put up this stupid fight about them. I like it's like so two dumb. records and then like you one like, song like per record. So you like five of them solid. You think are solid, and then the rest like half the records good. That's, I don't know that's where you, you get your delusions. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't finish that line. <laughs> so this oh, this God. this all this all boils down to my pick of the week. Ah, oh, finally we're here. Yeah, finally we're here. <laughs> this all boils down to my pick of the week, and uh, I bought this record kind of twice because I bought it once and it it skipped or it looped. And then I took it back the next day, and he gave me the only other copy in the store, which I was going to buy for you. Yeah, you kind of fucked me over. That's fine. But then I took it. So, yeah. yeah. I, it's it's uh, Her name is Odetta Holmes. And this is live at Carnegie Hall, or the album live at uh, live at Carnegie Hall. And um, Pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. So God's going to cut you down. Here we go. For a long time. Run home for a long time, you may run home for a long time. Let me tell you, God Almighty, gonna cut you down. Go tell that long-tongued liar, go tell that midnight rider, tell the gambler, rambler, backbiter, tell them God Almighty, gonna cut him down. Stop, God Almighty, let me tell you the news. My head's been wet with the finite dews. Now I've been down on my bended knees, talking to the man from Galilee. My God spoke, spoke so sweet. I thought I heard the shuffle of angels' feet. He put one hand on my head. Great God Almighty, let me tell you what he said. Go tell that long-tongued liar. Go tell that midnight rider. Tell the gambler, I'm a backbiter. Tell him, God Almighty, gonna cut him down. You may throw a rock, hide your hand. Working in the dark against a fellow man But sure as God made the day and the night What you do in the dark would be brought to light You may run and hide, slip and slide Try to take the moat from your neighbor's eyes But sure as there is the rich and the poor You're gonna reap, my brother, just what you sow You may run home for a long time Run home for a long time You may run home for a long time I let me tell you, God Almighty's gonna cut you down Some people go to church just to signify Try to make a date with his neighbor's wife But neighbor, let me tell you, just as sure as you're born You better leave that woman, yes, and leave her alone Cause one of these days, you just mark my word You'll think the brother is gone to work Or you walk up, a knock on the door That's all, brother, you'll knock no more Go tell that long-tongued liar Go tell that midnight rider There it is, God's gonna cut you down Get damn. Get damn. That was so cool. Just all all vocal. That was cool, man. 
most not most, what I was expecting. Most of this live album album is live, um, live album is her just kind of going off like that. And the first time I ever heard was when I bought the Harry Belafonte live albums at Carnegie Hall, actually. Yeah. And then remember, I kept telling you to buy the live album, and you bought the first one. Which was, was the one okay. you wanted. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But then I listened to the second, like, Returns to Carnegie Hall, and like that one is exponentially better than the first one. But in the second live at Carnegie Hall by Harry Bonfante, there's a woman that sings with him, and it's her on oh, several okay. songs. And, like, when I was shopping around, I was like, oh, Dad, like, I know that name somewhere. I don't know. If I got pick it up, it was $7. And then it kind of occurred to me later on, and like this is this is this is fantastic stuff. And she's she's such a huge part of of, of folk history and the, the the folk revival. And I don't know a lot about folk music. I don't. Yeah, I don't either. Never got into it except until now, I guess. But there was this huge folk revival in like the fifties and sixties, and she was just a prominent figure in that. And. She, she, or, or Rosa Parks and MLK Jr. both loved her music. Rosa Parks said that she was her number one fan, and MLK mm-hmm. called her the queen of American folk music. I could see that. So, you it. know, take, take that for whatever it's worth. But this album didn't get very good reviews. It got, it was like, it was like okay to good. That's weird. Whereas I think the opposite. I think everyone else is a shit face, and this was fantastic <laughs> to better than fantastic. <laughs> I think everyone's a shit faced because, like, what's what's what type of better uh, folk music is there than it's than somebody just kind of laying it all out there, right? Whether yeah. it be like a guitar or a harmonica, whatever it is, laying everything out there. You don't even need li- like actual words; just just sounds are fine. Just lay it out there, baby, and that's what she does, and it's it's so good. It was moving. I was moved by this album. I can see that. I could definitely see that. Definitely. That was. I mean, I, I didn't listen to the entire record because I was hoping to get a copy for myself. But um, I guess I will in the future because I did. I did like this a lot. I did hear a lot of Elvis, but I'm sure Elvis stole a lot from her and amongst other people because that's what he did. That's how he made his career was stealing other things. I think the correct term would be whoever writes Elvis. Mu- whoever wrote Elvis's music stole from other people. Right. That's essentially kind of. St- uh, I guess I'm not stealing from his songwriters because they're Cause giving never, it to him. Elvis never stole anything because he didn't, he didn't write any of his own music, so you can't. Yeah, that's true. But I, well, I, I guess I'm I'm more referring to his style. His yeah. style was was very much stolen from people like her and every other artist from the 40s and thir- 40s and 50s. So yeah, that was good. That that was good though. I like that. This was a banger. It was quite the banger. So if you see it again for cheap, let me know. Because I would like it. Or if I come across it, I'll buy it as well. Yes. It's good stuff. Good, good stuff. All right. Is that all you got for your vinyls? That's it, baby boy. All right. Baby boy, catch my breath. For me, I didn't, like like we said earlier in the episode, I uh, I didn't really get a chance to listen to a lot of records this week because I was out of town at Friend of the Pod, uh, Mike's wedding. We were up in Oregon for four days, so... Yeah, I didn't have a lot of time, but I did go to a record store while I was in Oregon uh, called Ranch Records in Bend, Oregon. And uh, it was a pretty cool little joint. It was like half the store was CDs, half the store was records. But the place was busy, but everybody was hanging out in the record section. Nobody was in the CD section. So it kind of made me think, like, well, why do you still have this part open? <laughs> I don't know. It seemed very strange. 
But anyway, yeah, their 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 selection was okay, but their jazz selection was really good. Uh, their country section was pretty pretty decent as well, but everything else was just kind of like hit or miss. But uh, I picked up six different records, one and then one for Jeff. But I'm only going to yeah. talk about two of the one two of them that I got because they're only they're the only two that I've actually listened to, plus another one that I that I got from where did I get it from? Moldy Toes last weekend or the weekend prior. So so yeah, the first first thing here is uh, I picked up the Ghost album prequel prequel. I don't, it's spelled weird, but yeah, I picked it. It's their, it's their, it went, it's not spelled normally. Okay. Right. It's spelled P R E Q U E L L E. Normally it's not spelled like that. Prequel. Is it prequel? <laughs> I don't know. No. I don't know either. But anyway, this was uh this is their last record they put out. It came out in 2018. Uh, I think it's, it's one of my favorites that they put out. I think it's a solid, solid record. Some think, fans hated it, but I, think I, I thought like it was this one. solid. Yeah, it was really good because I I think I made you listen to all the all four of the records once, for whatever me, reason. Let me check my. Uh, it'll go I'll go ahead and talk, but there's a couple of ghost songs that I really liked, that were kind of like oh, pop punky, poppy ish. You know what it was? They put out that EP like last year, and t- the, there were two songs on it, and I think you liked both of those songs. I think that's what it was. Yeah, but Mary anyway, and yeah, Cross. So, yeah, that was on their their last EP. That yeah, one and yeah. Kiss a Go Goat. Those those two were on that EP, but anyway, yeah. So prequel, I got that one. I think it's it's great. There, it's it's kind of like, it's kind of like a dramatic album. Kind of like, it's very big sounding, and they're two long in, longer instrumental songs, which they had never really done to this extent. And I think it's just it's solid through and through. I think it's okay. fantastic, and the cover is super busy and very demonic looking. But when you listen to the record. Or when you listen to their music, it's very much not that at all. They're not death metal at all, and that's kind of what I like about them. Like they put on this like demeanor, like they're going to be this like black metal death metal band, but they're actually very opposite of that. They're very melodic and they're very good. They're very very they're a very good band. So they're posers. Yeah, exactly. They're posers, but I okay. think they just do it just to kind of trick everyone. You know, it's kind of like their whole gimmick. I, it's a gimmick. That's what it they're is. Tricksters. They're tricksters, but they put out really good music. So I got that one. It's fantastic. And then uh, I also picked up, I picked up quite a few jazz records while I was up there. I picked up, um, but the one I actually listened to today before the pod, because I had a little bit of time, I listened to the Fela Kuti and uh, Ginger Baker live record from 1971. Mm. Dude, this was killer. Ginger Baker only played on two songs. And I know it was the third, because there's only four songs. And I know he played on the third song, and I think he played on the fourth song, but I, I couldn't find anywhere exactly what he played on. But yeah, this was this was fantastic. Like each song was like eight to ten minutes long. It was just, oh, dude, it was just so good. <laughs> Fela Kuti is amazing, so good. And then Ginger Legendary, Baker, baby. And then like it, it's cool because like that, this is why I think Ginger played on the on side B of the last two songs. Because on the the first two, it's more of like a subdued sound. It's kind of, it just kind of goes along with that that Afro that Afro jazz style that Fela Kuti did back in the seventies. But then once you hit the second and, or the third and fourth song, the drums get much louder and they're much more bombastic and they're more busy and complicated and and it's just it's so good. This record just it sounds sounds so good. It's so fucking good. Like I, if you come across it, you have to get it. And then. I mean, for what it's worth, a lot of 
places or websites, magazines say this is like one of the greatest live records ever made. So, and and apparently Ginger Baker used to play with Fela Kuti all the time, and they uh, one, at one point, like in the seventies, Ginger went to Africa, and he him and him and uh, Fela Kuti like went on like not a safari, but they just kind of like drove around Africa, just so Ginger Baker could get like a feel of like the African music, like African music in general to incorporate that with his drumming style and damn dude and then he ended up living in south africa for like 30 years before he died like the last 30 years of his life but yeah this record is is fucking great and just reading more about fela kuti the, the guy was like he was a fucking revolutionary that he 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 was very anti anti-government in nigeria he's he was very anti-colonialism just in general in africa and it was kind of fucked up because from what i was a little bit i was reading he was he he created almost essentially like his own country within Nigeria, like this giant compound where he had a recording studio and like everybody in his band lived there and his wives lived there and like it was this huge thing, and the the government sent soldiers and like a thousand soldiers in, and they destroyed the entire place. They destroyed all of his instruments, all of his tape master tapes. Jeez. They they beat they almost beat him to death, but at the last second, like one of the officer officers said, "No, let's keep him alive." And then they threw his el- elderly mom out of a window and she died from her injuries from falling out, from being thrown out of a window. And it was just like, it was so fucked up. Like, like how much, how much these governments hated this guy. His, it's fucking nuts. His compound was called Kalakuda Republic. Yeah. And I guess it was a play on Jeez. the the, Cal- the Calcutta black hole. If Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. So what that was... The Calcutta, Calcutta, or however you pronounce that, black hole was it was like um, part of a. It was like back in the 1700s with the India Trading Company. They were they they were under siege at a certain fort in India. The like some I think it was the Bengali government had sent a bunch of troops over to to take over this little this fort of our of the U.S.'s or the British this British fort in the 1700s, and they ended up t- capturing like 146 men. And they threw them all in this like this room, this prison cell that was only supposed to fit like, I don't know, maybe 15 people or something like that. But they ended up throwing 146 people in there overnight. And by like 6 a.m. the next day, only 123 of those 146 or no, 123 of the 146 died. What the hell? Within that time out from like either heat exhaustion, suffocation or a number of things like heart attacks, shit like that. How the fuck do you even like shove people in there? Like, I apparently what? it was absolute. Yeah, if you if there's not like a, a ton of information on it, but yeah, look it up. It's it's fucking crazy. It's totally fucking crazy. But yeah, that, that's kind of what he he named his compound or his commune after that as a way of kind of like his kind of like anti, anti like government anti colonialism and and all that shit. But yeah, no, his, his history is really interesting. And then he died from AIDS in the 90s, like 1993 or 1994. But yeah, Fela Kuti, man, that guy, dude, his music was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And then the last thing I have here uh, from Moldy Toes Records, I picked up a record by the band called Anywhere. They're essentially like this indie super group, for lack of a better word. And uh, it. Like they put out two records. I got the Anywhere album too. Their second one that came out in 2018. It was actually a record store day release, 
and uh, it features like uh, Chris Novoselic plays accordion on a bunch of songs. <laughs> uh, Dale Crover, who played in Nirvana, also played, I think, with the Melvins. No, fuck, what were Meat Puppets or something? But he also played with Nirvana. He played drums on several songs. Cedric from the Mars Volta played there drums on two songs, I think it is. And there's just a bunch of people like Jonathan Hiskey played Hitchkey played on it, and it's mostly instrumental, but it's very very good. So. I highly recommend it. Both of their records are good. And yeah, just, just go check it out. Go pick up their records if you ever come across them. They're like 20 bucks. But I, to me, I think they're worth them, worth it. So yeah, that leads me to, to my pick, which mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a better pick than yours. What do you think? I mean, I don't understand why you always have to have a competition or you make everything a competition. <laughs> That's what I don't understand. <laughs> but if we're comparing them, then no, it's not the better pick. <laughs> competition is fun sometimes I don't know I don't know Oh yeah you love anyway. competition <laughs> <laughs> I really don't But anyway so here's uh, here's the song Flamenco Youth from Anywhere There's anywhere, and their song "Flamenco Youth." What do you think of it? What do you think of this record? <clears throat> if you listen to it, <laughs> I did not listen to the record. Okay, but that is not because I don't like the song. Because I thought the song was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it was. Um, it was different and not what I thought it was going to be. Because Why? Because you knew Cedric was a part of it. Well, yeah, I and mean, we always make fun of you for anything you listen to. It has to have some type of connection to either Cedric, Omar, or Tom. <laughs> Actually, it was Omar or Tom, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. And so in our group chat, like when you bought the album, like I think we had said something of like, oh, I wonder who's a part of this band. And then you said Cedric, and then it was really funny, and I laughed really hard. But um, yeah, I expected at some point for this to turn like weird you know like I, I expected it to go into a, a realm of what we know cedric and omar always does and it never did it just it was just good it was like 
It was like if the Mars Volta did folk music and just calmed down. Yeah. It's pretty that's kinda like how this this record is. It's kinda like a stripped down instrumental version of the Mars Volta. Almost like I mean, I guess then that's technically an Omar solo record. But that's kind of what this is. It's there's very there's very few vocals throughout the, the album. That's another thing nice, too. But the I, vocals are not like they're like ambient, more ambient. They're not up front. I thought for sure there was going to be singing, and I was kind of dreading it the first time I listened to it. Because the first time I listened yeah. to it, I wasn't really paying attention. I was just waiting for Cedric to start singing. And then when he didn't sing, I was like, okay, I got I got to listen again. I got to give it this fair shake because you know <laughs> I didn't You're the first such time. An asshole. I you know I, it's, again I talk, but I. I, I think I even specifically told you he doesn't sing on this record. Yeah, but you... He plays dude, drums. You know but he, what you were talking about. And he didn't even play drums on this song. I didn't even pick a Cedric-related song. Son of a bitch. No, this was, this was good. Him, and I think the artwork is really cool. I think it's uh, mm-hmm. kind of out there and weird, but also very calming. So if I it see is. this, I'll pick it up. I'll pick it up for 20 yeah, bucks. Pick up, I would. Pick up their first one, too. Their first one's really good. I think the first one's better than this one. And just if you see either of them, I, I highly recommend picking them up. They're both very good records. Okay. Okay. Well. So check it out. Check it out. <laughs> okay. So yeah, we're done with our vinyl collecting and our song of the week. So let's just get right into our uh, new music and uh, other happenings in the music world. So Jella Biafra and the Guantanamo School of Medicine, his band, uh, they put out a new record surprise release and it's called a uh, tea party revenge porn. And I haven't had a chance to listen to it, but I'm sure it sounds exactly like their last record and not quite as good as the Dead Kennedy stuff, but I'm sure it's it's okay. It's good. It's so good. Okay, right? so so I, I, I use this comparison a lot to a bunch of has-beens, but you remember that episode of Family Guy where Tom Green was sucking on a cow's udder and he turned to the camera yeah. and was like, like, am I still popular? Am I popular, or, yet? Am I popular yet? Yeah. Like, that type of thing. That's what this band is. It's just Jello Biafra. Like, hey, <laughs> am I still relevant? Like, <sighs> That's messed up, I man. don't care, dude. Like, like Dead Kennedys. I have a newfound appreciation for Dead Kennedys that I've never had until this pod. So, I say this with the utmost respect and love and disrespect to current Jello Biafra. But, like, dude, come on, man. <laughs> like, you're just a bootleg Why? version of yourself at this point. <sighs> It is, what, dude. This music is what do you want? What do you want? This is bootleg Dead Kennedy music. But what do you want? I don't know. Do something else. Like go, I don't know. You can't even tell me what you want. Fucking movies or do taxes or work at a restaurant. I don't know. <laughs> do t- yeah, do taxes. The like the one thing that he's so against. <laughs> God damn, knucklehead. But anyway, yeah, he they they put out a new record. So go check it. out. I think it's the first one in the last seven or eight years. So get into that. Um and some new songs that were released this week. I'll just start this off, this one off uh, as number one because we are doing an Atreyu record on the main episode, and it just so happened that Atreyu put out a new song without their lead vocalist Alex uh, Varkatsis. Varkatsis, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he was the the, the unclean vocalist, the dirty vocalist. Some might say. <laughs> I say dirty. <laughs> yeah, it's more fun to say that. And uh, and a lot of people have been criticizing the band because. Why would they get rid of him? Nobody's really said why. And Alex has said, had some choice words or kind of like trolling Atreyu, I guess, in a way. But anyway, let's listen to their new song. It's called Save Us. And uh, we'll try to have a good time.
There you go. There's Save Us, the new Atreyu song. So, Jeff, you're kind of new to the Atreyu game. What do you think of this one? You know that that, that part where he says, like, carry the fire? That sounds like Los Angeles. And then when, oh, he, God. when he goes into the next part, oh, that's even God. like, when can you me? Like it's, Los Angeles. All, can we, can I say it sucks? Is that Dude, oh, you can 100% say it sucks because like, it does this song fucking sucks. Suck. Yeah, it's bad, dude. It's I mean, just to like uh, I don't know. I guess I guess foreshadow what we will be talking about later. Like they've done some 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 better than sucks stuff, but this is <laughs> this is yes, bad. That is true. This is bad. This is bad, and and they worked with Feldy, which we'll talk about. We're definitely going to be talking about it on the, the main episode. But this song, if you notice, it's it's less than two and a half minutes long. Uh, there are virtually no verses. It's just it's just like this really boring guitar riff that just goes nowhere. And then there's like some yelling, but it's not like screaming. It's just like this half-assed yell. And it's just, it, there's nothing there. And then there's the hook, the chorus. And then there's a, there's a little bit of nothing. And then another chorus with all within like 30 seconds. Like this is an extremely short song for a slower song. Like if you if you were playing like a punk song, like a fast punk song or a thrash song, you can get away with two and a half minutes or less than two and a half minutes. But a song like this, like it's it's so like they could not come up with anything more than this. <laughs> like like it, it's so, it just sounds so lazy. It's so fucking lazy and. And just the the overdubs they use, and the sampling on the drums, and and just the 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 auto tuning of the vocals when they're trying to harmonize. It, when he when it's not even the rest of the band, it doesn't even sound like the rest of the band harmonizing with Brandon. It sounds like Brandon harmonizing with himself, and then that being auto tuned. Like it's dude, this song is just fucking hot shit, like in every negative way possible. It's awful. Do you <sighs> think this is the worst thing they've ever done? This is the no. This isn't the worst okay. song. I don't. I don't, I don't think it is either. But, but it's close. <laughs> yeah. Like this is bottom five. Like this is easily okay. bottom five. All right. But it is not their worst song. It's just. It's really bad though. And it's not just because Alex left. Like this is. 
Like after listening, okay, we'll get into we'll get we'll get we'll get into that in the main episode. I don't want to <laughs> start right now because I'll just I'm gonna I'm so mad. But anyway, the next song. Let's get into happier times, I guess. Right. Yes. The next song uh, comes from Refused, uh, very popular hardcore post hardcore punk band uh, from Sweden. They uh, they put out a new song called Born on the Outs. Uh, this is gonna be on their new EP that comes out on November twentieth called Malignant Fire. So get into that. Uh, the song was good. I, I felt like you could really hear his accent. This is like the first time I've ever really been able to hear his accent, which is weird. But it's kind of like almost 80s. I don't want to say new wave, but it, it reminds me of that, like like a nostalgic 80s sound. Okay. But for whatever reason, it works for them, which is so strange because they're so far removed from that style. I don't know. What did you think of it? It was okay. I, I thought I was I thought I was going to be really shitty. And I was gonna hate it, but it was it was fine. I didn't like it, but it was it was it was, it was okay. I didn't hate it. Yeah, it was it was good at best. Good at best. Let's just say that. Okay. Uh, th- the next thing we have here is uh, I am the Avalanche. They put out put out a new song called "You're No Good to Me Dead" from the new record. Uh, when does that come out? Uh, probably early November, right? Yeah, early November. <laughs> good early. band. Oh yeah, just like no, oh, okay, band. And uh, so, yeah, they put out this new one. I mean, if you like I Am The Avalanche, you're going to like this song. I I thought it was great. I thought it was killer. I didn't listen Better to it. Better than their last record. Oh, you did not? You did, really didn't? Nope. <laughs> Why? Because I pre-ordered the vinyl. I don't care. I'm going to listen oh. to it anyway as a whole. I'm done. I'm not going to listen to any more Aida songs as they come out. Hey, yeah, yeah. Well, it's good. So I, I won't play it because Jeff obviously obviously doesn't want to hear it. Yeah, but go no check spoilers. it out. I mean, if you're familiar with the band, I mean, if you listen to the episode we did on Avalanche United, their what is that? Their third record, second, second record? record, third, second record. I mean, to me, this one is more reminiscent of that record <sighs> rather than their last one. Wolverines. Should should I not say anything more? I mean, you can say whatever you want because you you okay, you thought their second was the best, their first was their second, and their third was the third. I thought their third was just okay. Yeah, their third one was okay. And I feel like this one to me reminds me more of Avalanche United in the sense where he he's more melodic but in a better way than Wolverine. Like I Wolverine's cuz Wolverine's was just kind of boring to me. It was. It was. Like Avalanche United was that that good blend of like the heavier part of the band mixed with the melody, like the really good melodies. And that's kind of where this song sits for me at least. After only like two listens, but We'll see. How oh, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I pre-ordered the vinyl. So, I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather just be surprised. I kind of want to pre-order it too, but I might just wait till it's in record Just store. do it. It's like $17 and it's a colored know, vinyl. It looks fucking, fucking dope. It's nah, so good. I probably will. See, it, dude, this is where our addiction has taken us. Like you just, like you, yeah, you convince me so easily. Like I can convince you, and you can convince me so fucking easily to buy it's, something if it's under it's twenty dollars. So dumb, I know it's so dumb. If it's under twenty dollars, it's like okay, I'll get it, I'll get it. But then I'll wear like I'll wear I'll fucking it. shirts, like my sweater, my, like my sweatshirt that Ryan, friend of the pot, Ryan fucking hates. Like I refuse to buy new clothes. I will wear clothes that are ugly, holy, but then I'll spend money on vinyl. It's stupid. It it's it's the weirdest addiction. I don't know. I just don't understand it. <laughs> but but anyway, uh, the, the next one we have here is from Silverstein. Uh, Jeff and friend of the pod, Mike, just love this band. They put out a new one called My Disaster 2.0. So let's just play it and then we'll uh, we'll get into it. Here we go. You 
There you go. That's New Silverstein and their song My Disaster 2.0. Did you like, you like it? this one? I do. I, th- I thought it was great. So, I mean, okay. So, like, do you do you like it? I think it's really good. Okay. So this is like everything I wanted from like 2005. Ooh, that's that's interesting. Like this is this is good. That that is interesting. So this is this is kind of like an, a, a reimagining of an earlier song they did. Oh. This is uh, this is a reimagining <laughs> of the song called My Disaster. And I figured as much, but I didn't know where what album that was off of. It, it was from their third album, and it was uh, that was like 2007, 2006, or something like that. But it was produced by like, that album was produced by Mark Trombino. That's the, the Train in the Front, oh. one of their more popular albums. Just good post-hardcore, good emo, and I think what they're kind of getting at now, if they're re- redoing this one, they're probably gonna do a bunch of earlier stuff and then put them on an album. And I'm stoked. Like I'm, I'm excited. I am I am I am for it. But see you don't like re recordings. Um like you I always don't bitch about it. I don't, but this you one I mean this, bitch one's, about it. this one's definitely different. Like this 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 is a reimagining. It's not just a re recording. This isn't like when Green see, Day okay, did Welcome that, to Paradise twice that sounded the fucking same on Kurt Plunk <laughs> and Dookie. This is a reimagining. See, I thought this was gonna be like a sequel to the because I, I figured this was gonna be related to another song, but I thought it would have been like, you know, when you have blinks anthem and then you have anthem part two like they're two wildly different songs but they're still not even very connected i still thought there was going to be it was going to be like that you know two different songs okay but yeah i don't know that's a little bit of a disappointment but i still thought it was a really killer song so i put it on my my main playlist oh damn girl i did did main playlist it yeah i did Mm. yeah i main playlisted that one and i main playlisted the uh, i am the avalanche one so I did, man. I, I like it. I, oh, dude. You've, it doesn't happen very often where you convert me into something, uh, but you have done that with I Am The Avalanche, and I will say it now, the Beastie Boys. Maybe not Paul's Boutique so dude, much. Dude, I didn't want to get into the Beastie but, Boys. It's going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will say, though, because I actually meant to bring this up while we were talking about vinyl, because I, because I didn't buy a lot of vinyl this week over this last week, or I didn't really listen to a lot. I did listen to, first of all, I listened to a ton of Smashing Pumpkins, like so much of the Smashing Pumpkins. But I also listened to a lot of Beastie Boys, primarily just Check Your Head, Hello Nasty, and To The Five Burrows. Like those three records I listened to so fucking much. What what are you what are you huffing and puffing about? Because if you just took out The Five Burrows and listened to Check Your Head and Hello Nasty, I'd be all for it. I'd be oh, all dude, fucking for it. So good though. It's it is good. It is good. It is a g- really good Beastie Boys record. Their best song is. Well, but I would never yeah, ever ever in my entire life think of listening to the Five Burrows and then not put on anything on Paul's Boutique. <laughs> because it's better than Paul's Boutique. You're just. Yeah, I'm flat out is, saying it. I don't care. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. That's just that's to the Five Burrows is better than Paul's Boutique. You, you're you're brainwashed. Yeah. That's what it is. You're fucking brain dead. So that's where <laughs> we're at with this. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the next one here. Uh, Jeff liked this one. I, he, he told me he liked it, but let's see if he was lying to me. So John Frusciante, the, the guitar player from uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers and, and sometimes the Mars Volta. He put out a new solo song, another new solo song called uh, Brand Heat. Brand 
E. So uh, I'll, I'll play a little bit of it right now, and we'll get into this one too. Here we go. There it is, John Frusciante and his song "Brand He." So you love this one, huh? Yeah, that was pretty good. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm still just coming down from the kid A high, but uh, I thought it was good. I liked it. I dug it. Yeah, it was. I, I thought it was like a cool blend of like good Radiohead and uh, and a little bit of Postal Service in there. It's pretty good stuff. Good stuff. I dug it. Good stuffs. Uh, the next thing we we have two songs left, but we're not going to play them. Uh, Power Man Five Thousand re-recorded their biggest hit when worlds collide. <laughs> I don't know why they did it. I thought yeah, it was silly. It's perfect example exactly of, like uh, the original of a reimagining versus a re-recording, and this is dumb. If anything, it's worse because his vocals aren't as aggressive as they were in the original. He didn't yes, say when rules like collide like that scream that he had. He had a good scream. Or even when he says, are you ready to go? Like, even that had more angst to it than, yeah, this is dumb. than what, what we have now. Yeah, that was that was just so dumb. I, I don't get it. And yeah, the last song we... <clears throat> woo, my voice went out. And the last song we have here is from Bad Religion. They put out a new one called What Are We Standing For? And if you've ever heard Bad Religion, this is what they sound like. This is nothing more, nothing less than what you would expect. Why do we continue to talk about Bad Religion releases when neither of us think that it's even worthy to ever play? Because one, they're, they're very iconic and I do like, I do like some of their music. Well, yeah, they have a handful of songs. I think are fantastic and I haven't heard all of their music. No Control is amazing. But I mean, I don't know. I, I don't get excited for bad religion, but it's still good to it's still good to talk about. Okay, why not? What what have we got to lose? Um, Except a few seconds, listeners. But that's fine. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so that's it for for new music. Uh, some some other goings on in the music world. Led Zeppelin are reissuing their Immigrant Song Seven Inch on January fifteenth. Uh, I actually have the Seven Inch. I was uh, 
given this a couple months ago when I first started collecting from my mom, from my mom's boyfriend, he had a bunch of 45s and, uh, and he just gave them to me. He's like, I don't want them anymore. I'm just going to, they're just sitting here in the closet. So I have that, I have that exact seven inch or 45 from whatever, 1970, whatever, you know, with immigrant song. And then I forgot what was on site B, but yeah, so I have this and it's cool. They're, they're re-releasing it with like the Japanese, the Japanese writing and everything. It's going to look identical to the original. Which is cool. I mean, it's Are cool. Are you going to get it? No, it's 15 bucks. Mm. It's, yeah, and, it's a little pricey. And the other song is, is Hey, Hey, What Can I Do? And I still haven't even listened to this 45 I have. Oh, I still haven't listened to any 45s, actually. I haven't oh, listened to any Tyler. 45s on my record player. I know, right? I've what listened to 10 inches, but no 45s or 7 many, inches. How many 10 inches do you have? Just AFI? Well, yeah, I just have the AFI 10 inch and then the one that you got me on the way to Laughlin. Just haven't listened to. I'm sorry. No, that, that that's not a. That, 10 that's inch. a 45. That is a 45. You're right. So yeah, I only have the one 10 inch the AFI. Yeah, and then I have like probably 15, maybe 20, seven inches, but yeah. I haven't listened to any of them. That's yeah. cool. So there you go. Zeppelin are reissuing that. It's it's a cool little thing for especially for collectors, you know. So get into that. Uh, Jeff's not gonna buy it because he's not a true true yet. Oh, it's okay. it's weird that Zeppelin are doing anything fun anyway. Well, why though? Because they're Why? not fun at all. Like, like the, first, I mean, they, I don't know. They're just not like a fun band. They don't do things, I don't know, like gimmicky, I guess. Like, to even get a Zeppelin song in a movie. Like, like when Ben Affleck made that movie and he asked Zeppelin to, to if he could use one of their songs, they said, yeah, but you need to change the scene that you're going to use our song in. Here's what we think you should change <laughs> it to. And he fucking changed it. Well, so, who cares? Know. That's what the artist wants. No, I agree. I, I, I have no, I have no problem with it. I'm just saying Zeppelin's not a fun band. They make legendary <sighs> music, but they're not a fun band. So picky, so picky. What am picky I picky boy. about? I call them this season. That's all I do. You're a picky boy. You're a picky boy. So, uh, keeping on the vinyl train here, uh, Green Day are re-releasing for the 25th anniversary. Uh, they're re-releasing Insomniac on vinyl. It's going to be a two LP set. It's really stupid. Uh, so the first LP is going to have the record, the normal record. Uh, the second LP, one side of it is only going to have eight songs, uh, all from, or it's going to be eight live songs from a particular performance. So instead of putting the whole performance over, you know, each side, they're only do picking eight songs from that performance, and then putting that on one side, and the other side is just going to be an etching. And it's really stupid. But it's, it's a really colored vinyl, stupid. and the the covers like a foil ish. <laughs> It's like thirty five dollars. I was I was hoping that you would want to buy this, and then I could just keep your Insomniac copy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I fucking have no, no I, interest I, in this whatsoever. Yeah, it's so dumb, and everybody. It's because I, I saw this on Punk News. Every single comment was like, "Why would anybody buy this? Yeah. Like, it's a complete waste of money. Terrible complete waste of money. Like, they're they're not adding art, any extra artwork to it. They're not doing anything to it. They're only adding." Eight songs, select, not even the full yeah, performance. Seriously, select yeah. live tracks. Terrible. Like I, Fuck this. like what what could have been cool is if they they did every song because I'm sure they played every song on the, they have played every song on this record live. So it would be cool if they did the whole the second LP was every song live. That would make it worth it. Ooh, the first that time they ever special. played them live, each each song, like the first time they played each yeah. individual song live, that would be really cool. 
That'd be so rad. Yeah. And a lot of people were speculating this is probably just a, a money grab from the record label. Like the band probably had very little to do with it, if at all. And like the like the etching, because I have Nimrod, and Nimrod has like an etching. You can barely fucking see it. I have a Blink one, and Blink self-entitled has an etching on the fourth side, and you can barely yeah. see it. You have to hold it up just right to the light, where you get like the reflection from the light bulb. Like you can barely see it. It looks like shit. Yeah, I have one record that has an etching too, and it's um, Angels and Airwaves' I Empire. The 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 last side, side D, has has an etching as well, and it's just an etching of the cover. And it's silly. It's stupid. Can, but like, like, is it hard to see, or can you see it right away? Yeah, no, you could barely see it. Yeah, it's you fucking dumb. I hate etchings. So stupid. Yeah. It's such a waste because you know, like, they could have put more shit on there. They could have put B sides. <laughs> At least demos or like the something. The amount of time it took you to like come up with the etching, to press the etching, just put a fucking song there. Exactly. It would have been so much easier. God, it's so dumb. So yeah, they're, they're, they're putting that out, um, I think, early next year or late this year. I don't remember. But it's not. Who cares? Uh, the last thing we have here, Dead Kennedys, they are rem- remixing their first album, Fresh Fruit, for Rotting Vegetables. Uh, it's going to be released in 2021. They already released uh, the Chemical Warfare remix version. And, of course, Jello is, isn't on board. He thinks this is really stupid, which I agree with. Um, I'm cool with it. But, you know, he doesn't really have any say anymore because he kind of lost all the rights in the, the lawsuit. So, yeah, Jello, the guy who wrote most of, the, most of the songs and has nothing to do with this reissue. Or remix, I should say. Dude, if he wasn't such record. a fucking butthole all the time, like the maybe is he though? I don't think maybe. he is. He's a butthole all the time. He made a, he formed another band, Jello Biafra, in the Guantanamo school of buttholeness. That sounds just like a bootleg <laughs> Dead Kennedys. Like get out of here, get out of here. Jello Biafra is now a bootleg Jello Biafra. Oh my god! Out. Such a fucking hater. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Oh God! Well, that, is that all you got to say about that? Yeah, that's, that's all I got to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. You fucking. Uh, what, what are you What are you yelling at me for? Anyway, uh, I don't know. I got nothing else to say. Stay tuned to the. What? What are you saying? I'm not saying anything. Okay. He's mumbling. Well, stay tuned to the main episode for the main episode of the podcast because we're getting into the Trey record, Suicide Notes, and Butterfly Kisses. So that should be cool. Uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And once again, thank you all for listening. And that's it. That's hey, all. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Johnny.